0: Good morning, Cornerstone family. I'm probably a little louder than what Ron anticipated there. So, <laughs> so greetings from the Fireplace family. Um, as Jim mentioned, I am happily married. My, my lovely wife, Rachel, is holding down the fort um, at the Fireplace this morning. And um, I do have six children. And yes, indeed, I have 13 grandchildren. One of them I have not met. They are currently in utero. So we will, we will meet them uh, before too long here. So I wanted to bring greetings from Rachel. Uh, she wanted to be with us, but we do have a guest speaker since I'm not there. So she gets to, to uh, pull that duty. And I uh, also want to bring greetings from the Fireplace family. I love as I'm walking around and I'm seeing notes um, hung up that says our prayer focus. And the prayer focus was, an, was another church in this area. I, and, and we share that uh, DNA. We share that feeling and that sense of needing to support one another in ministry. So we just feel like we're family. And so I I wanted to just kind of share a couple things with you about that. Um, One of the things that I love about my friend Justin is that he's thorough. How many of you know that about Justin? So Justin, (laughs) some of you are chuckling to yourself. Justin sent me a theological snapshot and, and it, was, um, it, it included uh, information regarding communion, governance, spiritual heritage, roles, uh, the values, the core values of Cornerstone, identity, vision, mission, the four assumptions, the four principles, and I'm, it was one page. just you know. It was front and back, but it was one page. So. But I, I just want to tell you, I praise the Lord for shared DNA because everything I read was yes and amen to me. So, when I saw that, uh, usually when someone asks for me to come and, and speak, I'll, I'll either get information like that. Justin was a little more thorough than most, but I'll start to pray into that. And I'll just ask the Lord, what do you have specifically for the Cornerstone family? Because I don't want to deliver anything that's not of him, obviously. And. So this guy is having issues. Oh, no, it's not, because I didn't turn it on. Now it's on. Hey, it works. And I started to pray, and and one of the things, one of the items within the four principles jumped out at me. So, interestingly enough, this was the very last thing on this page. But when I saw this one particular thing, it just... Resonated so strongly with me. The commitment to being as it relates to identity and service. Rather than the commitment to doing. And immediately in my heart. I thought of this. To be or not to be. And of course that's. William Shakespeare. English playwright. Poet. And then I started to pray into that, and, and if, you, if, if you, those of you who know me know that I, I tend to have squirrel moments, and so I, I immediately went to uh, Voltaire, to, to be is to do, not to be outdone, Jean-Paul Sartre, to do is to be, both French, they couldn't agree, and then the Americans, I, I started thinking about American philosophy. And, of course, the great Francis Albert Sinatra came to mind. And possibly my absolute favorite and where I get a lot of my philosophical viewpoints in life. See, I told you, I have squirrel moments. And I had to share with you that because it kind of sets us up for where we're going to go this morning, I believe that there is a lot of folks that you will encounter that have an attitude of do 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 do. It makes me sad. It actually it it, it, it moves me to compassion when I hear folks that view any of, their, uh, of a Christian faith, whether it's Christians or non-Christians, that say, well, there's hoops and there's ladders. And hoops and ladders get tiring. But you know what doesn't get tiring? That's being in the presence of God. There's life in the presence of God. And so I thought about, you know, Jesus, when, when he was here, if you read what I call the Kingdom Manifesto, Matthew 5 through 8, you will see Jesus encouraging us to be. In fact, what a lot of folks, uh, what we would call the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs are the kingdom of heaven. Notice he's not saying do something. It's something that gets carried out as we move in life. So I want to submit to you this morning that the originator of the to-be-or-not-to-be was not William Shakespeare, but rather Paul. So if you have your Bibles with you, I want to encourage you to turn to Romans 12. And we're going to read Romans 12 this morning, and then we're going to go back and we're going to look at it and take a little bit deeper dive. I'm reading from the NLT. In in case you are reading something, it might be a little different. But I would encourage you as I read, try to pick up how many times Paul is talking about a state of being or a state of not being. Just pick up on that as I read through. Romans 12, starting verse 1. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself. Measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we, are, and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemy is hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you. But conquer evil by doing good. Amen. I encouraged the fireplace at the beginning of 2021 that those are 21 verses that if you read them throughout 2021 will change the way you operate if you apply those things to your life so when I say we're gonna take a deep dive what I really mean by that is we're going to go through and just define summarize in snippet form and if the if you uh, would care to follow along There are sheets out there with notes. You can follow along, and then you'll know when I'm going to be finished. Hallelujah. The very first thing, and I believe a lot of us are familiar with this verse, Romans 12, 1 and 2, is to be set apart. Be transformed. You know, I'm always amazed that when I talk to people, and they feel like they're stuck. They feel like they can't be anything other than what they are right now. And it's been my experience in life that God's not finished until we see him face to face. So I want to encourage you that transformation and being set apart are two sides of the same coin. The more you are transformed, the more you are becoming the likeness of Jesus, the more you will be set apart. Not set apart in such a way that you're a hermit somewhere. Okay? Let's make sure that we understand that. Being set apart means that everywhere you go, people recognize a transformation in your life and are intrigued by it. They want to understand. They want to know. One of the things that I'm blessed to be able to do in my life is is I entertain. I sing in restaurants. I have been able to meet people right where they are. And you'd be shocked how after three hours of, of good music people who have sat at the bar for three hours are wanting to talk to someone. So when I walk into a place, I'm carrying the light of Jesus with me. And it doesn't matter how dark it is. And at the end of the show, it's happened, I've been doing this for years. I've had people come up to me and they say, I don't know why, I just feel like I need to tell you my story. I don't bother going into any kind of an explanation of carrying an anointing as a pastor. There's no reason to do that. But a transformed life means no matter where you go, you're going to carry that with you. Now, on the notes, if you're taking notes, I did give absolute fill-ins, but then I left some space for the not-to-be. We are not to be, and I want you to put this in your own words, something that you can resonate with. We are not to be, this is what resonated with me, a copy-paste when it comes to behavior of the world, the the hurting and sinful world around us. We're not to be a copy-paste and of that. Next one, verse 3. No, I'm not going through all 21 verses one at a time. Don't panic. Be honest in evaluating yourself. You know, this is not not self-help, okay? This is understanding the way you're wired. This is taking an honest look at yourself and saying, you know what, Lord, I need you in this area right now. It's part of that transformation, and it's interesting that if we think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think, Many times, sin's lurking right around the corner to remind us. So I want to encourage you, be honest in evaluating yourself. The not to be, don't be conceited or arrogant. There's enough of that in the world. It shouldn't be in in a Christian's life. Arrogance breeds more arrogance in the people that you communicate. Verses 4 through 8. And this might seem overly simplified. But I want to encourage you this morning, Cornerstone family, to to be who God created you to be. And and some of that might be in that evaluation process. If you're being who God created you to be, it will flow, it will be natural. Have you ever tried something new that you realized right out of the gate, you're terrible at it. I've done that. And it's humbling. But then when I do something that comes naturally for me, I'm encouraged. My soul is encouraged. I wouldn't call this self-care. This is soul care. Being who God created you to be. Now, let's say this. There are lots of people who think They know how God created them. That's the honest assessment thing. Going to the Lord. And if you don't know, James tells us, ask. If you lack wisdom, ask. Father, God is not going to give you a stone if you ask for bread. Lord, I need your help to show me how you created me, how you wired me. Do you know that God knit you together? You are wonderfully created fearfully and wonderfully made Psalms 139 and while he was knitting you together he gave you all sorts of abilities he gave you a way that you handle life and to know that, to understand that and to to work with that that's what God wants to do when we think about our, our filling or being filled with Holy Spirit it's God's spirit and our spirit meshing together. The not to be here, and I didn't give you a spot to write it down, but try not to be someone else. I, I know there's a there's a quote, and I didn't bother to look it up, but it's one of those, you know, be yourself because everyone else is taken. I, I, I want you to know that when you walk with people, it's okay to encourage them, even if they're succeeding more than you are. Succeeding, in air quotes. What's not okay is for you to lament the fact that you're not someone else and, 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 and covet what they have, or covet how they're wired. You know, I have lots of people. I'm, I'm very comfortable in front of a crowd. And I have lots of people that tell me, you know, I wish I, I, just wish I was like you. I, I'm so nervous when I get in front of you. There's a particular fella at the fireplace. Awesome guy. So good with his hands. And he'll often say, Brian, I just wish, I just wish I could be eloquent. I wish I could stand up in front and feel comfortable. But Mike, I don't know the first thing about changing my oil in the car. I need you. I need you. I need you to be you. You know, and the, the interesting thing is, as God releases Mike, He'll come up and, and he'll share a little something. Last week he wanted to share a little something, and he had, just turned his back to the, to the audience. And then as, a, as a rock guy, I think back to Jim Morrison, because Jim Morrison sung with his back to the audience for like the first six months of singing in the doors, until he just kind of, something else happened. Anyway, we won't go there. Verses 9 through 10. Be genuine in love. Romans 12 is, is I, I can't have a life verse. I have a, a life chapter and this is it. But this particular verse, Romans 12, 10, is one of those, family, that I just want you to know if you can grasp this concept, if you can grasp this concept, it will completely, and maybe some of you already have, it will completely change the way you handle relationships. Take delight in honoring each other. The message translation says, enjoy playing second fiddle. You know, one of the things that was neat this morning, I was sitting here while the team was practicing, and there was no one on the platform that was an ego. I didn't see three or four egos. I saw three women who wanted to worship the Lord to and, the, and the, the proof of that was listening to their voices blend. That's what it means to prefer someone else. Like, Lord, how can I help make their voice sound even better than it already does? How can I blend with them? Romans 12, 11 through 13. Be a joyful servant. Be patient. Be ready and be eager. My wife has the gift of hospitality in spades. It's amazing. We, we, we have an Airbnb. Um, we opened up right before the pandemic. Great timing. <clears throat> but For years prior, we would host missionaries on furlough and we would host um, ministry folks that were coming from out of town. Um, Every now and again, somebody coming in from the seminary. We live right across from Evangelical Seminary. And what I see in her is the energy that she has moving in that gifting. I have the gift of gab. She has the gift of hospitality. I'm absolutely convinced that the gift of gab is a spiritual gift, by the way but we will sit together and she will plan all the details and be a joyful servant. All I have to do when people show up is talk. Easy job. But the funny thing is when we talk about this and I, and I see her and I see her getting energy and, 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 and really wanting to expand this, um, she tells me, Brian, I need you to do that because that's not me. When people come, our door, I'm eager to serve them I really want to be a servant but I don't necessarily have that gift of gap I love when Rachel lights up when she's making breakfast for these folks that's the joyful servant it's the picture I have the not to be in this case we're not to be lazy we're not to be lazy and that's not, that's not like, hey, fill my calendar so I can, you know, have something to do every minute of every day. That's not, that's not it. Being lazy when it comes to um, this particular type of context is, we don't want to be spiritually lazy. Like you can work your fingers to the bone and be a, a fantastic uh, whatever you do and be lazy when it comes to your walk with Jesus. We're not to do that. 14 through 18. Be a blessing to all. Be present. Be humble. Be shalom. I love the word shalom. In Hebrew, the word shalom is not just the absence of conflict. The word shalom means wholeness, bringing wholeness, bringing completeness to a scenario. Think about that in your walk, whatever it is that you do in life. If you are shalom in circumstances, your workplace will be changed. And the beautiful part, the beautiful part is that we serve Jesus who in Hebrew is the Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace. I'm excited about Shalom. I know that might sound a little weird to some of you, but I'm excited because that means when you encounter hard situations, you can say, Lord, what, it is, what is it that I can bring to help bring wholeness here? That happens one-on-one more than you probably realize. It just happened to me the other day at Giant going through the grocery line. There was a mom who was really struggling with her kids. I just started talking to the children. Hi, guys. How old are you? Yeah, weird, creepy guy with a beard and long hair. I get it. But they responded and they calmed down. And the mom was able to put all of her groceries up on the thing without the the addition of the little child that she was going to have That's bringing shalom. That's an everyday opportunity to bring wholeness, completeness. Was there a lack of of conflict? Absolutely. (laughs) The children calmed down. That's a lack of conflict. But it also allowed the mom to carry out what she wanted to do. Those are the kinds of things I believe with my whole heart that Paul is giving us in Romans 12. He's giving us practical ways to be. If we're willing to see them, not to be, don't be somebody that brings curses. Don't be, don't be, don't be someone who brings curses in situations. And, and and I believe even as as Christians, we can have that, um, we can have that thought process. Inadvertently, it happened to me a few weeks ago when I was on my way to vacation with my family, and I ran into traffic right outside of Philly. At that point, I wanted to call down the wrath of God on lots of people. But don't, don't be that. And, and thankfully, I have a very, uh, an amazing wife who helps to, to bring calm into my um, rage. <laughs> so just think about it. The next time somebody cuts you off, what thought goes through your mind? Lord bless them. It's what we're called to do. Lord bless them. Next time somebody takes your parking spot when you're at Walmart and there's no parking spots for like a mile, what do you say? Oh, Lord bless them. It's, it's, it's mindset shifting, and, and I know that some of these things... Um, I'm probably preaching to the choir. You probably have all heard this type of thing many times before, but practical faith always bears repeating. Another not to be in this is not to be proud. Not to be proud. If the arrogant pride pride thing um, is something you struggle with, I'd encourage you to get with someone who can hold you accountable. Not police you. Accountability is not policing. Accountability is a willingness to be honest with someone and someone who's willing to listen and check in with you. That's that's accountability at its finest. The last couple. Be the anti-enemy and be a conqueror of evil. You know, I love that Paul tells us that we're more than conquerors. Because we are. And I also love that he tells us how we are to conquer evil. Conquer evil with good. Hallelujah. Be a conqueror of evil. Be the anti-enemy. You know, I think it's amazing. And and, and a a few years back, I put, put this together in my head, Jesus was talking about Um, when he separates the sheep and the goats. And he's talking about all these different things that that, that they did. And he said, well, Lord, when did we see you in those states and do those things? He said, you didn't do the least of these. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay, good. This isn't in my notes. It's the same list that Paul gives. With our enemies. Think about that for a moment. If Jesus had not wanted us to do those things, he wouldn't have told us that this is what I'm looking for. And I love that Paul reinforces it later on in Romans 12. So family, if I am being set apart, if I'm being transformed, if I'm being honest in evaluating myself, if I'm being who God created me to be, if I'm being genuine in love, if I'm willing to play second fiddle, if I'm being a joyful servant, if I'm being patient and ready and eager for serving, if I'm being a blessing to all, if I'm being present and humble, if I'm being shalom, if I'm being the anti-enemy, if I'm being a conqueror of all, there's no room. There's no room to worry about what I have to do. In all of these things, if you're operating this way, you're becoming like Jesus. And that's what we're called to do. 2 Corinthians, Paul writes to the Corinthians in chapter 3, but whenever someone turns back to the Lord, it is like the veil is removed. The Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There's not a laundry list of things for you to do. There are not hoops. There are not ladders. There's freedom to be who God created you to be. All of us are looking with unveiled faces at the glory of the Lord as if we're looking in a mirror. We are being transformed into that same image from one degree of glory to the next degree of glory. This comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. If I'm doing those, if I'm being those things, then the doing gets set to the side. I'm becoming more and more like Jesus. There are many times for me, when I look through this list, that God will highlight something of that evaluation thing where he'll say Brian your state of being in this regard is lacking and I would encourage you I I went through a list there and you have it now if you took notes I would encourage you in in the next little bit of time here as as we're getting ready to receive communion together pray Ask the Lord, which one of these things, Father, do you want me to work on? You know, God is not a God of chaos and disorder. Which means he's going to gently nudge you into the direction he wants you to go. I firmly believe with all of my heart that if you focused on one of these, and you say, Lord, I want my state of being in this area to improve. I, I, I want to get better. I want to see my life transform. I want to to be willing to play second fill. If you're focused on that, the Lord's going to give opportunity for all those things to rise up. It's becoming more like Jesus. From one degree of glory to another degree of glory. I love, love, love that when I come into a fellowship like Cornerstone, I can walk around and I can see some of these things already taking place I can see that some of this is obviously the worship team this morning the encouraging thing is when you see it in a church you can believe that it's happening at home and that's really where the rubber meets the road I want to encourage you that this is something you can take with you in every avenue of your life there is not one situation I'm confident in saying this. there's not one situation you will encounter doesn't fit one of these things. Be set apart. Be transformed. Be honest in evaluating myself. Be who God created me to be. Be genuine in your love. Be willing to play second fiddle. Be a joyful servant. Be patient, ready, eager for serving. Be a blessing to all. Be present. Be humble. Be shalom. Be the anti-enemy. Be a conqueror of evil. Family, can we pray together? Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are moving every soul in this room. From one degree of glory to another degree of glory. No exceptions. Your desire, Father, is to continue to transform all of us into the people you had pictured in your mind. By the way, Ephesians 2.10 tells us that God created things for us to do long ago. That we are his masterpieces. You are a masterpiece this morning. Those things to do can only be done when you're being who God's called you to be. So Father, I pray right now for this fellowship of believers that everyone will unpack the gifting that you've given them that every one of them will chase after the things that you have for them. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that those that are struggling to find their identity, struggling to find how they're wired and how they've been created, or maybe there's been something in their life that's so traumatic that it's messed with that wiring. Father, I pray healing for them this morning. Holy Spirit, continue your work of revitalization in our life. Continue to transform your people to become more and more and more and more like Jesus. Father, I thank you for these 21 verses that encourage us to be, didn't give us a laundry list of things to do. I thank you, Father, that your desire is freedom in our life not hoops and ladders. Break us free where we need to be broken free, Lord. Thank you for loving us.